individually, if you think you can pull that off, you know, my hat is off to you. I, I, it's not up to, I know for me, there are certain things that just, I'm done. You know, I, I, I have run out of time with those things. Uh, I, I can't. So, I, and I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to tempt the fact that my, that I might find a way around it. Then the question is, what am I finding my way around? Being, yeah. being present, being in the world. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am joined today by life and recovery strategist, George Snyder. How you doing, George? I'm well, Damon Frank. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Interesting topic today. Yes. I was watching CBS Sunday morning and also reading online uh, to an article uh, on Healthline about a comment that Demi Lovato, who is a singer, made singer. that she is, quote, California sober. California. And I want to do an episode with you to see what is California sober? What does that mean? It's a really good question, Damon. Apparently, and a lot of people have asked, um, apparently you stop doing a drug of choice that's nearly ruined your life. Um, not completely, because otherwise you wouldn't be here to stop. So mm -hmm. I think in Miss Lovato's case, she stopped doing heroin, which is commendable. And um, I think what we might call... Um, harm reduction in terms of, uh, of uh, sobriety. Do you find it odd that we're calling it California sober? Yeah, I do. And you know, this got a lot of press. I mean, yeah. we're actually doing this like a week late. Yeah. We should have done this last week. This got so much press. There's a song. That, yeah, it, it's a song, you know, and, and People are really upset that she did this. And I, you know, I did a little bit of a little bit of investigation in anticipation for our show today. Mm -hmm. And basically it looks like, you know, she had a heroin and fentanyl overdose ah. in 2018 that ah. almost killed her. Ah. Uh, but since then has kind of struggled to stay sober. And her solution is what they call uh, what she's calling California sober which is basically drinking and and doing marijuana, uh, but kind of being, kind of living the sober life. And at first when I read this, I thought, you know, that's a little shocking. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to, you know, criticize her whatever works for her. But I, you know, I wanted to have this conversation with you today about this whole thing. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of people talking online, California sober, does it work? What is it? Mm-hmm. No, it's interesting. I mean, I, I have to say I was a little sad that we called it California sober. Some of the most spiritually evolved people I've met, some of the biggest names in sobriety, first names only, but, you know, are, I've met in California. So odd, but I've, we, you and I both know people that uh, believe in the marijuana maintenance program that was popular a number of years ago. You just, you don't do hard drugs. You don't, uh, but you, you, you smoke weed. It's an approach to having a better life, certainly. Um, and I've known people who have given up a, a drug that has nearly destroyed their lives. Uh, people give up uh, crystal meth. 
Um, people give up heroin, people give, uh, give up uh, cocaine. And having done that, feel that they've achieved a, a, something that's important to them. And so the rest of the stuff is kind of small, small change. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think I think it was funny that you had mentioned why California sober, why not Michigan sober or New Jersey right. sober. Yeah. Right. Um, I have no idea why she calls California sober, maybe because she's living in California. No. You know, I had mixed feelings thinking about this one glad that, you know, she's OK. And obviously right. whatever works for you, I would say. Right. Like if you can if, if you can go about your life and that works giving up one drug uh, for another. But for me personally, I, you know, I, I looked at this and I thought, well, this is such a recipe for disaster, you know, personally. Now, I don't know her, and but I do know people who have tried the California sober approach. And it's been somewhat of a disaster because, you know, and this is what I wanted to ask you, your, your opinion on this, because so many people who get sober, it's because they have a problem with addiction. Yeah. So they're just, you know, California sober is just basically switching one addiction for another addiction is what it looks like. Well, and, and you know, let's let's be honest. There's a spectrum. Um, if we you have an addictive personality, anything, you know, as a friend of mine used to say, I'll, I, I will cook up and smoke anything. Linoleum, the drapes, you know, so... It, it all depends. I, I did, I did acid and, and, uh, a lot of speed in college. It really was taking me down a bad route. And I, I stopped and stop anything else. So, I mean, and, and in that respect, not bad, right? Uh, certainly a step yeah. in the right direction. The problem for many of us, uh, many people in, in struggling with various things is it's kind of what we used to call whack-a-mole, which is an old game you had in bars where you hit the one, you knock the one and another little pops up in another hole and you're trying to trying to keep all of the right mm -hmm. um my addiction will slip into something else somebody said once they said if you ha don't have trouble speaking of a program you've done recently if you haven't had trouble with food you haven't been sober long enough mm -hmm. a lot of people stop drinking they get cleaned up and they gain they gain weight they start they turn to food um you know and i think where this comes from george too is you know 12-step programs you know, I don't know many 12 step programs where you could, you know, smoke marijuana and drink no. and still be like, be considered sober, right? No. Like typically sober is considered abstinence, uh, not having, yeah, not having any kind of drug that's not prescribed to you. And even if it is prescribed to you, than under close supervision of a physician, right? right? So a 12 step person, I would say even maybe even rehabs, unless they're giving you the actual pharmaceutical drug or something that is for a purpose, you, you know, being able to take any kind of recreational type of drugs is what, what I think a 12 step group would call a slippery slope, right? right. Uh, you're getting that much closer to one, your drug of choice, but you're not clear headed. You're not quote, technically sober. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I know you feel the same. I want to be present. I want to be here. And I've dealt with people. I've met with people and I have friends who are like not doing a particular thing. And it's commendable. And my hat is off to Miss Lovato. If she's not doing heroin, good. That's, that's a good, yeah. that's a definitely a good thing. However, and this is where I, I, for me, and I think the important part of most of these programs is, is about self-diagnosis. Self if you want to be, if you say you're 
California sober, good for you. It's not my sobriety. It may not be somebody else's. There's also, we can get into those purists who have a friend who won't take Novocaine. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, that's a, or uh, won't wear perfume. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's a little extreme until I heard a guy recently say his first drug of choice was his mother's white shoulders, drank perfume. <laughs> that That's a new one. I've, ne I've never heard that one. Now, no, I never have either. You know, but I have heard, and you know, look, I and I think, you know, we have acquaintances and, and friends and people that have been sober for a long period of time mm -hmm. who have decided, you know, after 10, 15 years, hey, you know what, maybe I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to just go on the medical marijuana, you know, maintenance program, uh, because I really just don't want to deal with life. Or mm -hmm. it's just, I just want to be able to escape, right? And, and I would say probably uh, 90, 95% of those people that I've known that I've followed up with that I know continuously why they did that ended up in a very bad place. Right. And kind of regret doing that, that it, that their, their emotional sobriety, if you will, when they started doing, when they started doing recreational drugs or, or uh, occasional drinking, right. Started to to in in many cases slowly uh, slip away, and in some extreme cases immediately slip away. Right, and this is again individually. If you think you can pull that off, you know my hat is off to you. I, I, it's not up to. I know for me, there are certain things that just I'm done. You know, I I, I have run out of time with those things. Uh, I I can't. So, I, and I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to tempt the fact that my that I might find a way around. And then the question is, what am I finding my way around? Being yeah. being present, being in the world. Um, I don't want the haze. I don't want the I don't want the um, the, the 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 fuzziness. I just want to be. I want to be here, but. I know for a lot of people and she's young and she's talented and she's in an exciting business and I can see why let's not end the party quite yet. Can't we just sort of bring it down, <laughs> bring it down a notch. And I think a lot of young people, a lot of people feel that way. I don't want to, I don't want to give up and retire my life of having fun and excitement or do you know yeah. what I mean? But you know, I think this is the, the reason why I want to do this episode because this is a this is an actual common thought and 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 I think more people in recovery actually think this mm. than say it. You know, well hey, you know, marijuana is legal now in some states. I can just go and you know, it's okay. I'll get a doctor's note and it will be all right. Or maybe I can drink certain things. Maybe I can just have wine instead of whatever. I I you know, I think, you know, and and my and my hat is off to Demi if she could if she can really, if this works for her. But I think in some ways I find this very sad because I found after I watched this news article or, or watched this thing online and then read the article, it kind of came to me that the whole point of sobriety, the whole reason to be abstinent from drugs and alcohol, the whole purpose of wanting to live a sober life seemed to be missing there right? The whole, the whole nucleus of what actually works for long-term sobriety in those comments seem to be missing. I, I, I don't know. Did you feel that way? Yeah. I, I know 
for me at the very, very beginning, when people started saying, whoa, and this is many years ago, oh, maybe you should like chill on the on the alcohol. Maybe you should consider not. Right. And selectively, I could do that. I, uh, I remember being they passed the joint and it would be, oh, don't give it to George. Don't <laughs> give it to George. And I was okay with that. I didn't really mind because there was plenty of other things to do. So that kind of, I'm not leaving the party just because weed makes me sleepy, hungry, and paranoid, not necessarily in that order. You know, I'll just have a glass of wine or 12. Um, I, I understand at the beginning feeling like I don't want to give up on me. I don't want to be, as somebody said to me, I don't want a life full of things that I can't do. But George, doesn't that just mean that you're really not ready to get sober? I mean, I'm going to be really blunt here. Like I, and you know, on the Recovered Life Show, we bring up topics that are very controversial. And we've had friends that have been in, in 12-step programs or in different groups that we've attended that have not been happy that we talked about, you know, pharmaceutical drugs or depression or things like, quote, taboo subjects that you're not supposed to talk about in recovery. And that's why I really like the Recovered Life Show is because we kind of go there, right? right? We just jump right in and we talk about things that people in recovery are thinking already. And this is why I find this kind of sad and very, very dangerous. And, and, and no comment on Demi personally, no. like I don't know her personally. No. And whatever works for her, she totally has the right to be able to express it. And, and I would be the first to applaud her if that works for her. And like you had mentioned, harm reduction, right? But for me, it seems that if addiction, which we always talk about on this show, you know, 12 step groups and, and when we meet, we always talk about uh, addiction being a thinking issue, a thinking problem, as well as being a, a physical substance problem, right? So when we're talking about it being a thinking problem, thinking if I was allergic to shellfish and I decided, well, you know what, I'm just going to try it one more time, or I'm going to try uh, shrimp, even though I'm allergic to clams, and but I know that if I have shrimp, it could cause a better reaction. Why would I be thinking like that, right? Right. Why it seems that the thinking's off with that. And what scares me about this, George, is that I think that there's a lot of younger people who maybe have gotten sober young. And, you know, we talk with them here on the Recovered Life Show. Uh, you know, we had Gabby on, it was, uh, you know, 21, 22, and they're already several years sober, right? Mm -hmm. And they're seeing this and they're saying to themselves, you know what? Hey, I can try this. And it's probably going to work for me. But really, we know statistically, it probably won't. Yeah. I, it, and of course, I, I just have to say that I, I've seen people at the other end of the spectrum, people who have been sober a long time, people my age, older, older people who should be, you know, uh, tending to their grandkids in the garden and, you know, enjoying that, you know, peaceful and who suddenly think, I want to try crystal meth. Why not? It won't hurt. And what may happen is they may do it in a, a few times and then the craving for alcohol comes back. The craving mm -hmm. for the addict for, uh, for the craving returns. You know, that's that's the danger. I, I also know, and let's be honest, there are people who I, I know early sobriety, I could get through a couple packs of Marlboros and a 12 pack of Diet Coke and propel myself through a day 
technically, of course, sober. You can drink as much Diet Coke. Made me sick, but it got me going and got me out of it. So what am I trying to get out of, right? I'm trying to get out of the feelings, out of being present, out of not wanting to be here. So the fact that she's not doing heroin and can chill in some other fashion or put something up between her and the world, if it works. The problem is that those of us who've been around for a while see that now that sometimes doesn't work, often doesn't work. Yeah, like, and I'm and I'm trying to think back, you know, before we did this episode, I I, I really, I, I sat down for about five or 10 minutes, I was taking some notes, George, and I said, you know what, I'm really going to think about this, who I've met in my lifetime, you know, in my decades of, of, of being in recovery, who I have met, who is, who's tried a uh, alcohol, marijuana, uh, any kind of like street drug or whatever, and to try to kind of use that in moderation after they've already known that they, they are an alcoholic or drug addict, right? They already know they have an addiction problem. They already know they crossed the line. And I know one person out of all the people that I met that I can honestly say that on the outside, it looks like it's working for them, right? And, you know, and, and knowing them for a long period of time, I haven't seen them get into a place that, uh, that is a problem. But, but I got to tell you out of thousands of people that I've met, you know, hundreds and thousands of people that I've met, I, I, I really, that was the only person that I could think of that successfully uh, did that. Right. The other kind I see are the people who are like, well, how about something that's not technically, you know, Listerine. And I said, oh, please, who could get who could get drunk? on?" And then I've met people who have literally managed to lose their sobriety over Listerine. And exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and there's that you talk about that fine line. OK, anything addictive doesn't mean that if you're if you drink coffee that and that has caffeine in it, that you're, quote, California sober. Now, I, I don't say like, look, we, we've talked about the harm of sugar with people who have addiction problems, especially alcoholism the harm of sugar with alcoholics, it's its pretty obvious it doesn't do great things for, for alcoholics, right? Mm, right? But there is a difference, though, I, I find, between eating sugar and, and having caffeine and in moderation, right, and uh, smoking marijuana. Like I, for, for me, that's where, you know, as a sober person, that's where it crosses the line where I have to say to myself, that's not even, you know, New Jersey sober, that's no sober, right? Let alone California sober. And it can begin innocently enough. I understand. I mean, I've had people who have said, but it was, they were pain meds. I had just had open heart surgery. I had just had an operation. I was in a lot of pain and we've seen the oxycodone uh, epidemic. And that's not, I don't think, entirely a result of people saying, I want to get high. I think it was a lot of times people just wanting to take the edge, take away the pain. And it became, if you're an addictive personality, something that they couldn't come back from. Yeah. And I think, I, I think, the, I, I think the, the lesson that I learned from this or the thing that I got from this is that, you know, sometimes, and, and I do applaud her for this, you know, it looks like she had a very big, you know, uh, she had a very big overdose and it looks like she was on 
a certain type of certain types of, of of street drugs that were very very dangerous and it looks like she's moved away from that and like you said again instead of instead of maybe calling it california sober i would maybe call it harm reduction right no. she's moving more towards the, the the place that she wants to be but maybe isn't in total acceptance that she can get there right now right or, may, or and, maybe we call it maybe sorry maybe we call it er sober because i remember showing up in the er and thinking it was the vodka no i just i can't drink vodka that's yeah. the key you know the way and how many people do you and i know and we've known plenty of people who will say uh yeah no i i don't drink gin gin was the problem right brown liquors are the problem combinations can't do you know yeah and i and honestly when i when i saw when, when i read this and i and i and i watched this interview i said to myself you know it, it, i i felt wow this is not great this is not a great message for people who are in recovery, especially new people who said, yeah, well, I never really tried that, right? Maybe I'll just go try it and I won't have a problem with that. And then literally get into a lot of trouble or die, right? But then at the same time, I say, you know what? Hey, this is a person that's on their path, maybe waking up. Okay, now alcohol doesn't work for me. Now marijuana doesn't work for me. And they have to get to that point where they've gone through everything. They've beta tested, if you will, every single substance to yet come to the realization that they are back in the same place and addicted to it. Right. And that's the key. I think it's, it's not, uh, how many people have I met who have never drank? I didn't drink. I only did, I only did crystal meth or I only did, I only did cocaine. I only did. You know. So you stop doing that. You stop doing that. Say, well, I'm never going to go back to that. And then what do you, you think the big takeaway here is, George, with California sober? If we're going to leave somebody with, 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 with a big message, um, what do you think that is? I, again, I I get to decide what I what I call sobriety for me, what I call recovery for me. I know what it feels like. I know when I look in someone's eyes. And I know that they're present with me, right? But not everybody wants that. And the only question I would have for somebody is you really want to think that through. You really want to think that through if that's good. But if it works, um, I, I and I hope it, I maybe it does. Or maybe you're just postponing and kicking something down the road that you're going to have to deal with later. She's young. I've had many good friends who've gotten sober at her age, but I've known plenty of people that had to take a lot longer. I was at in my twenties. I was no, not interested. I was not interested. What am I trying to get away from? I guess that's what I want. Or what am I? I guess, or even something more simple. A simple question is: What's what are you afraid of? What's the fear of missing out? FOMO. Is that the is uh, that that the party is going to be over and I won't have fun anymore? I said that. I said that when I first go, well, you know, I'll never get a chance to celebrate. And then I've discovered that every day that I didn't pick up, every day that I didn't drink was a day to celebrate, right? George Schneider, thank you so much. Thank I you. Uh, love, love your comments on this. This has been a really fun episode. I want to keep the conversation going on recoveredlife.us. And I know that you're on there and you'll be answering questions regarding this show and California Sober. 
And I look forward to seeing you online. See you there. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.